We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church Podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to today's message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. No, it's just a blessing to be up here today. It's a blessing to get this opportunity. It's a blessing to work beside Pastor Muta as we prepared this message for you guys this morning. And I, I, last year I was given this opportunity on uh, January 1st of 2017 to ring in the new year. So I think this might be some sort of tradition that we ring in the new year with Lewis, right? There we go. I'm fine with that. Yeah, last year I, I told you guys I, I let you in on my New Year's resolution. And that was to not step in anything wet in my socks. That's the most disgusting feeling in the world. That was my New Year's resolution. I'm going to report to you today that I almost made it, y'all. I made it till about November. I stepped in like a little puddle after taking off my boots. And it it happened a few more times after that. I was a little bit more loose with it after that. But uh, I almost made it. But 2017 was a great year. Uh, 2016, we kind of had that phase where we're like, oh, no, all the celebrities are dying. And then now in 2017, we're like, oh, no, all the celebrities are problematic. <laughs> so we, we kind of went through that, but it was a great year. It was a great year for Relevant Church. I think this morning, uh, Pastor Derek reported to us during Huddle that we had 42 salvations. <laughs> 42 salvations here at Relevant Church. And then we also had 18 baptisms. That's 18 times in heaven they were rejoicing, having a party for a new person coming home to Christ. And we just thank God for that. So I am really excited for today's message. I'm really excited about it. I'll tell you one thing, though. There was a challenge I faced as I was preparing for this message, a challenge that a lot of us have if we've heard, grown up in church, hearing a lot of these familiar stories, is that because it's so familiar that we overlook small details, we overlook a lot of bit of the story because of our familiarity with it. They say uh, a larger percent of automobile accidents happen actually closer to home because of your familiarity with the area. Because you're so familiar with it, you seem to lack the attention to detail because you know the drive like the back of your hand. So you may think you know these stories like the back of your hand. So I ask you today, just dig in with me as we uh, dive into this message. I'm really excited about this one. So, uh, We're going to be turning our Bibles to Daniel chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. I think that is also on the screen, so I'm not going to slow down for y'all. All right. It says, The king assigned them a daily portion of the food that the king ate and the water that he, uh, the wine, not water, wine that he drank. They were to be educated for three years. And at the end of the time, they were to stand before the king. Among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah of the tribe of Judah. And the chief of the Enoch gave them names. Daniel he called Belshazzar. Hananiah he called Shadrach. Mishael he called Meshach. Azariah he called Abednego. And so King Nebuchadnezzar had some plans. King Nebuchadnezzar plan to rule the world, and the best way that he can do it, he was going to recruit youths from across the nation. All these youths from different backgrounds, different religious affiliations, he was going to snatch them up. So they weren't necessarily brought in in some sort of internship. It was like an unwanted slavery internship 
that he took them all up, rounded them up, and he was going to teach them his culture, his way of living. He gave them the best food. He gave them the best wine, the best clothes, the best parties. So it didn't sound too bad. See, they came from a, ti- uh, they came from a time where names actually meant something. Hananiah meant grace, mercy, gift from the Lord. Mishael meant who is like God. Azariah meant who God helps. And they were stripped of these names. They were stripped of these names and given names to worship Babylonian gods. It's, that's what 2018 is going to try to do to you. 2018 is going to try to change you. It's going to try to strip you of your name. It's going to try to label you liar. It's going to try to label you cheater. It's going to try to label you slut. It's going to try, try to label you drunk. But praise God we have, praise Jesus we have a God who's above all that, who's going to try to bring us through that. Let's pray on that real quick. Gracious God, our Father, we just thank you. We thank you so much for being there for us when we are labeled unfairly, when people try to judge us unfairly. We thank you for this new year that you're bringing us into, Lord. 2018 is going to be a challenge for us, Lord, but we know that we have you through the fire, Lord. We thank you so much for your grace and your mercy, and we ask that you continue to watch over us and protect us in 2018 and beyond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I have this inside joke with some of my friends uh, where I refer to myself as New Leaf Lewis. So <laughs> I, I've done a lot of stupid things in my past. And as my father can attest to. I've done a lot of stupid things in my past. And you ever just look back at some of the dumb things you did growing up and just, like, cringe, like, what was I thinking? That was so stupid. How could I be so dumb? I probably spend most of my time of the day thinking of, like, past situations where I did something. I'm like, why did I do that? And the other half of the day, thinking of situations that will literally never occur. But anyway, so... I always feel like every time I come up here, I feel uh, convicted to share a story from uh, old Lewis, not new leaf Lewis. Uh, And I feel like my parents should cover their ears at this time. Uh, So the year is 2010. 19-year-old Lewis is a sophomore in college on the baseball team, and he just got his underage drinking ticket. Yeah, my parents are already grimacing at me. They're like, don't tell this. They don't know it's going to get worse. Uh, So I just got a drinking ticket. Uh, A lot of people, when they get in trouble, would lay low. I was a student athlete at the time. Uh, My my status on the baseball team was in jeopardy. Uh, My my parents didn't know about it yet because I didn't want to tell them because this was days before my 20th birthday, and I still wanted to get a birthday care package. Uh, And... Uh, quite frankly, I just shouldn't have been out. So the next day, what did I do? I went to a party. So apparently I was the only person at the party who thought I should be there. <laughs> I remember one of the girls on the girls' soccer team came up to me. She goes, uh, why are you, didn't you just get in trouble last night? Why are you here? Are you that stupid? And mom and dad, please cl- cover your ears. I don't want to tell you all this. Uh, so I looked at her, dead in her face, and I said, you play soccer. You've been hit in the face with a soccer ball, right? Did you stop playing soccer? Oh 
I'm not going to let this one instance affect my time here in college. I'm going to enjoy myself. Let me tell you, that small decision of stupidity, I see a lot of younger people here, it was stupid of me. That one small decision to continue living my life how I was led to more trouble for me, more tickets than my parents didn't know about because I was able to pay without asking them. I was stupid. That small decision led to more bad decisions, and that's something that we face all the time. Uh, Check out verse number 8. We're going to follow this up with verse number 8. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. So Daniel came from a background where if he ate a certain type of food that wasn't up to their religious standards, it was considered a sin. So he chose not to eat this food because it might not be prepared to those certain standards. That and they might have been praying to another god to bless this food, or they were just uh, offering up offerings to a god to, that, to bless this food. So he didn't want to be a part of that. So him, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego decided we're not going to eat the king's food. Yes, this food looks great. You guys seem like you're having this great time eating this food. This food was designed for them to purify their bodies and make them stronger and more uh, appealing looking to other people to set them on a higher platform. But they said, we're not going to eat this food. And they proposed that they would eat for 10 days. Give us this 10-day trial run. We're going to eat nothing but vegetables and water. And if they weren't to uh, be healthy at the end of those, those 10 days, then they would have to go back to eating the meat like everyone else. At the end of those 10 days, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were all healthier and better looking and more fit than all of the other people who ate the king's food. That small decision not to back down from their morals and their, uh, their convictions allowed them to be healthier, and God rewarded them. It says, God blessed them with wisdom and knowledge in all things literature and schooling. So it would have been easy for Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to just blend in with the crowd. Just do what everybody else is doing. Because we don't want to make unpopular decisions. Everybody, uh, if everyone's going with the flow, we don't want to be the person who's counterculture who's like, I don't know, guys. Nobody wants to be that wet rag. Nobody wants to be that spoil sport. So instead of just sitting and accepting status quo, they, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, hey, we want to act out and we want to do something different. We want to do what we believe in. And that's what Satan tries to do to us. Satan tries to isolate us. Satan tries to make it difficult for us to step out against everyone else. Do not get caught up in the mob mentality as my dad always said. So point number one, small decisions set the stage for bigger decisions we make. That small decision, that small step of faith, set the stage for an act of uh, faith that would affect their future choices. That small decision affected something bigger that would change their nation Point number two, we should fight the urge to justify our actions by the actions of others. 
Kendrick Lamar, the hood prophet Kendrick Lamar, once said, in the art of peer pressure, some of y'all might recognize the song, said, smoking on the finest dope, drink until I can't no more. Really, I'm a sober soul, but I'm with the homies right now. And we ain't asking for no favors. Rush a brother quick, and then laugh about it later. But really, I'm a peacemaker, but I'm with the homies right now. And mama used to say, one day it's going to burn you out. See, it's easy to get caught up in the crowd because you're with the homies right now. It's easy to follow along with every, what everyone else is doing because you're with your friends, your amigos, your padres. See, that peer pressure intensifies in chapter 3. See, King Nebuchadnezzar had made this whole ceremony set up as part of his plot for world domination. He had everyone uh, from all these nations that he was trying to rule gather up, leaders from all these nations, uh, from high-ranking officials to the lowest of the low. They were gathered up for this ceremony. He set up a statue, a 90-foot-tall by 9-foot-wide golden idol that when he had the music set to play, everyone was instructed to bow down to this idol. So the music starts playing. Everyone starts bowing down. Everyone except for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Let's check out verse number 7. Daniel chapter 3, verse 7. Again, that's, not on, the, that's on the screen, so I'm not going to wait for y'all. It says, Therefore, as soon as all the peoples heard the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, all the peoples, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. See, we live in a culture where everyone wants to be a thermometer. Everyone wants to change their temperature based on their surroundings. We're not called to be thermometers. We're called to be thermostats. We're called to change the temperature. We're called to change the culture around us. The culture should be shifted by our actions. Everyone was a thermometer. Everyone except for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were thermostats. It continues, verse 8. It said, Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. They declared to King Nebuchadnezzar, look at them, they, they sound like a bunch of whiners, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, listen to them, they pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Chaldeans in the current days, that name translates to snitch. (laughs) People were placed in a certain order of uh, your rank. So the closer you were to the image, the closer you were in appeal and rank amongst the king's men. So the Chaldeans were positioned, the only way they could have seen that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not bowing down 
is that they were positioned behind them. So there might have been some jealousy with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they, so they, oh king, live forever. <laughs> Point number three, haters can catapult or convict our purpose. In 2018, you're going to have people you love turn on you. You're going to have people that you're going to have to leave behind in 2017. New year, who this? <laughs> but God puts people in our life, both good and bad. And God puts people, and he uses them to either catapult us or to convict our purpose. Now, King Nebuchadnezzar, when he heard this news, as the kids like to say, he was big mad. <laughs> he was furious. He had these people, he had this whole ceremony set up to praise him, to worship him, to, uh, to set his nation, his goals. And then he had three men standing in the way of his goals. Who were these people to get in the way? This was supposed to be his day. This was supposed to be his day to set him apart from every other king, to keep his kingdom lasting for his entire lifetime. But these three men were getting in the way, right? So he gave him a second chance. Uh, not what I would have did. I would have been the first one just off they go. Throw him in the fiery furnace. But he gave them a second chance. He was more graceful than me. So he said, I'm going to give you one more opportunity. As soon as this music plays, as soon as the bagpipe, the lyre, the trigon, I don't remember the rest of them, when they all play, you guys bow down and all is forgiven. Right? You know what they said to him? You ain't my daddy. No, uh, let's check out what they say in verse 17. Chapter 3, verse 17. They say, If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, let me tell you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. You could take that golden image. Never mind. <laughs> Seeing King Nebuchadnezzar felt dis disrespected on multiple levels. First off, they were disobedient to his direct orders. And secondly, they were disrespectful for, to him in front of all these people. He had all these people lined up waiting. They stopped the entire ceremony for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because they didn't want to follow the direct orders he given. He had people sitting there waiting. On the, do, do we need? Are we, are we going to bow now? He had all these people sitting there waiting to continue the ceremony. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were putting on a show in front of everybody. He was furious. Point number four. You have to have a fiery faith to withstand a fiery furnace. See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't know God's plan for their lives at that point. Were they going to survive? They were going to be tossed into this fiery furnace. They had no clue whether God was going to deliver them through this or not, whether they were, that was part of God's plan for them. They had to have a fiery faith to withstand a fiery furnace. In the face of certain death, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were still. They were not phased by the king's threats. They were not phased by 
the wrath of man. They were worried about the wrath of God. So King Nebuchadnezzar, he had no choice at this point. He had them bound up, throw them in the fiery furnace. So he had his king's men all gather them up, tie them up, take them up to drop them into the fiery furnace. He said, turn that furnace seven times hotter. And the men that carried them up perished. They dropped them in the furnace. And much to the king's surprise, see, the king was looking from, from below into the, there must have been some sort of window or some sort of hole or opening that he could look into the fiery furnace. Because when he looked into that fiery furnace, he didn't see three men in there. He saw four men walking around unbound. And the presence of the fourth looked like the presence of the Lord. Let's see what it says here in chapter 3, verse 24 and 25. It says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They they answered and said to the king, True, O king. He answered and said, But I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire, and they're not hurt. They're not hurt. No, not a hair on their head was hurt. And their appearance of the fourth is like the son of the gods. They didn't stand a chance unless God delivered them. See, that fire was hot, but their faith burned. I don't think y'all heard me. Said so That fire was hot, but their faith burned. See, we're called to be thermostats, and we should be running hot because our faith should burn. Faith burns because it takes away the impurities and the imperfections in us. It burns the things that bind us. Faith burns our self-doubt. Faith burns our imperfections. Faith burns our impurity. Faith should burn our imperfections and the things that we compromise on. In 2017, what did you compromise on? What did you Uh, let your faith be little about. What did you hide your faith on? It's easy to point out the the major things that we might use, that we might compromise our faith on, like drugs, alcohol, uh, uh, any other sorts of addictions. But we could compromise our faith on other things too, good things too. We could compromise our faith on our family. We could compromise our faith on our friends, our jobs, our material possessions, the the pursuit of the American dream. It's easy to say, to look at a statue and say, I wouldn't bow down to that. But what are we bowing down to? I want you to leave that behind in the fire today. I want you to leave behind all the things that, that, that encapsulate you, that that you think builds you up. I want your faith to burn away those things that you're holding on to. I want, you, I want your faith to burn away all those things that you're compromising on. I want you to leave it behind in the fire. New year, new me. You see, in verse number 30, it says... Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego 
in the province of Babylon. God rewards our faithfulness. God rewards our faithfulness. God sent Jesus down. Jesus lived the perfect life, but his life paralleled Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Jesus faced temptation. Jesus dealt with people turning on him. Jesus had Judas. Then Jesus let his faith burn as he got up on that cross, arms stretched wide. He faced doubters. He said, if you're the son of man, get down and get us all down from here. But Jesus' faith in God's plan for him, thank God for that, because it, he didn't have to die for us. He didn't have to get down off that, uh, get up on that cross and serve a humiliating death for us. Jesus' faith burned so that we may live. Let's pray on that. Gracious God, our Father, we just thank you so much. Thank you for just allowing us to come here and worship you, Lord. Thank you for uh, sending your son down to die a perfect death for us, Lord, that, that we may live, Lord. We ask that in 2018 we're able to, to live with faith, to step out in faith, not just to be a thermostat, I mean a thermometer, but to be a thermostat in our area, Lord, in our community, region, and world, Lord. We ask that you continue to watch over us and pray for us and uh, bring us closer to you, Lord. We ask that you watch over the city of Niles, Lord. The city of Niles is in need of some more thermostats. We ask that you watch over Michiana and Indiana and Michigan and the country, Lord. Uh, watch over uh, our leaders, Lord. Empower them. Allow them to make decisions with you in mind, Lord. We ask that you continue to bless us. In your son Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church Podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.